Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. And that is launched out to deep left field. Big fly for Mike Trump. This is ground ball to second base. Red Heeple falls down, picks it up, fires the first. The Angels have no hit. The Seattle Mariners. It's gone. Big fly for Anthony Rendon. Hey guys, I'm Alex Curry. This is Joe Adele here with the Los Angeles Angels. Brendan Marsh. This is Chris Rodriguez. You're listening to the All Angels Podcast. And welcome to another edition of the All Angels Podcast. Not a great weekend. Um put it bluntly, but before we get to any of that, I want to give a quick, um, quick happy birthday to the man where without him, none of this is possible. Uh, the creator of the all angels podcast, uh, close dear friend, um, all around great guy. Happy birthday, Johnny Maggs. Happy 40th birthday. Um, this birthday will always be remembered as the one that, uh, you know, probably one of the hardest ones that I've been a part of or, or, or anything like that. Um, you know, would have been 40 today. Uh, I was looking, for, looking forward to calling him old man, being the old man in the group. But, you know, unfortunately uh, everyone has, you know, stuff happens for a reason, but uh, I wanted to make sure I get that out of the way right now and say, um, happy birthday, Johnny Mags. We miss you. And um, you know, can't wait to see you again and uh you know hopefully this season turns out great for you but uh this weekend on the other hand uh not not so good um obviously um there was a, kind of a lot of things going into this series um before the series even started whether it's you know obviously Rendon not being back not sure if he's going to be back during this see during this series uh and the guys that had been on there at that COVID type of list, um, the COVID, not, uh, I don't know if it was a protocol or whatever they, they announced, um, that they came back for, for the Astros. And I think that was a huge part of this series too, is the fact that they got guys back like Bregman and Maldonado and, um, Correa and, and some other guys too. And, and the Angels were just not coming in this healthy at all. And it got worse on the Thursday game, the opening game, where Mike Trout gets hit with a fastball on his elbow. Uh, obviously, when you saw that happen, no one thought that was good. You see the reaction. Um, kind of tricky. He he was mic'd up during that game, and he actually said that he thought um, it was a slider when it really was a fastball. So he was already working his swing to, to go after a slider. And by the time he realized that it wasn't a slider, it was already too late and gets him in the elbow. And so he gets taken out that game on Thursday. Alex Cobb was on the mound that day. Um, you know, Alex Cobb didn't not have a good in- outing at all. And honestly, besides Bundy today, on, besides Bundy on Sunday, no one had a good outing pitching wise. Uh, Cobb only went two and two thirds, gave up six hits. Five earned runs or five runs, four of them earned, walked four, struck out three. Um, just not a great uh, outing by him. Ends up giving up three in the second, three in the third. And those were kind of the big innings and just could not stop the 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 ball rolling, as you will, for the Astros and the Angels only able to get two runs in the six. So, again, that was on Thursday, the opening day of the series. Again, not great. Um and Justin Howard kind of says it right here, too. The umpires were trash. Um, you know, that hasn't been a thing just for the Angels. Talking to some people, talking to some people that connected with baseball. Um, that's kind of been a theme for a lot of teams and a lot of um, 
worries, I guess you want to say for major league baseball this year is that the, the umpires have seemed to be really off this year. And it just seems like in a lot of games, you know, you look at, I'm sure you can probably go on any kind of uh, fan Twitter, whether it's um, like the Mets, the White Sox, any, any team Twitter, I'm sure at some point during the year, they probably had a um, certain kind of gripe with the umpires. And it just seems like the umpires are not, are not doing very well this, this, this season so far. And I don't know if it's, I don't know what it is with it. I don't know if they are just, I, I, I don't, I don't know what it takes to be an umpire. To tell you the truth, besides thick skin, but it seems like, you know, you go through spring training, like the players to kind of get yourself in shape, if you will, or get yourself used to the speed and get used to, you know, balls and strikes plays bang bang plays you get spring training to get used to that and this just seems like right now the umpires in general are just still kind of that spring training mode and it's kind of it it sucks because there's a lot of plays that you would think would be real easy to get right live in person that aren't getting right that aren't being right and then you go to new york and but because of the way that the replay system is set up it needs to be super definitive. It can't be wishy-washy. It has to be clear as day. Well, in some of these ballparks, they don't have as many camera views as you would, you know, like in a playoff game. There's tons of there's tons of camera views in playoff games, but during a regular season on a game and a random game in the late April, there's just not a lot of camera views right now. And so that's what really hurts too is the, the replay is not getting a full, you know, view of what's going on. But those should never kind of be an issue because some of these umpires should be able to get these plays right in person. There's no excuse for that. So. That kind of played a little bit into the series this week. And obviously, like I mentioned, Thursday, not a great start for the Angels. They end up losing that game to the Astros, uh, 8-2. to two. Uh, So then we go into Friday. You know, you're kind of hoping that that was kind of a one-off. Unfortunately, Mike Trout was not in the lineup. That was kind of the theme for this weekend was, will he be in the lineup? And all all weekend long, he was not in the lineup. He got hit Thursday, and that was the last we saw of him. So. Now, going into this game, you're looking at not having Mike Trout, not having Anthony Rendon, not having uh, Matt Stassi. Uh, that's three starters right there. Then if you want to say even Lingaris, even though, you know, uh, um, he's injured and out in right field, I don't think the outfield thing has hurt that much. But definitely those three guys, Trout, uh, Rendon, and Stassi, those are your three guys that you're missing right now. And it just seems like for this team – when they're healthy, and I think it showed early in the season when everyone was there, when this team is healthy, it is really, really good. The Angels do not have a lot of backup as far as depth in the organization. Um, you know, there's certain situations I remember during these games that, man, it'd be really great to have someone pitch run for, you know, Albert or someone with speed and maybe steal a base. Or two. And, and they don't have that on the bench at all. I mean, your fastest guys are going to be Obviously, like Trout, who didn't play this series for the most part, uh, and, and Otani. But other than that, you don't have like a base stealer on this team. And it would be really nice to have that kind of a depth piece on the bench to where you're in a situation. Maybe you need a guy to steal second. You can put him in there in the late innings, and now he's already in scoring position, and you can generate offense that way. It just doesn't seem like the Angels have that kind of depth right now in the organization. And, and when series like this come up where you don't have 100%, it really looks like it shows a lot more than than before. When everyone's here, when everyone's health, when healthy, this team is really good. It's just when you start losing pieces and when they're the key pieces like Trout and Rendon, this team really, really struggles. So we go to, like I said, Thursday game, Andrew Heaney on the mound. Uh, kind of going to see, hey, is this, is this Andrew Heaney, the real Andrew Heaney? A couple good starts behind him. This will be the third you know, good start, quality start we're hoping for as Angel fans. And he comes out and delivers. He does really, really well. He goes six and a third, two hits, one run, 10 strikeouts. But most importantly for this pitching staff, no walks. I saw a stat earlier um, today before the game. So I, it might have changed. But the Angels have the least amount of innings pitched by starting pitcher, but also have the most strikeouts and most walks. So to me, that just means that pitch counts are flying, you know, super high. When you when you're leading the league in strikeout and walks, you need at least three pitches to strike someone out, and you need at least four pitches to walk somebody. So to me, it, it, they're striking out people, which is great. But 
when you're also walking people, you're not able to control that pitch count and then you're getting the pitch count way up. So for Andrew to come out and not throw a single walk, uh, get 10 strikeouts, that's exactly what they needed for this um, for this outing from Andrew. 101 pitches, great outing. Again, maybe this is something where we mentioned it last week. He he moved his his placement on the rubber to the first base side, and it seems like ever since he did that, He's been more and more consistent and honestly being more and more better as he's done that. So that's a huge part, uh, hopefully, of what Andrew can kind of build on going forward. And like we mentioned, 10 strikeouts, $10 for the Tyler Skaggs Foundation in one outing. That's a great, great outing. So um, close game. This was a good game. And this is one of the games where the umpires kind of, you know, (laughs) didn't help at all. Um, You have an early in the game. You have a weird play where – you have a weird play where, you know, Walsh is going down the field and Granky was fielding the ball. It was like almost like a swinging bunt, filled the ball. He throws it, hits Walsh in the back. He calls the runner out for not being in the baseline. Even though you look at it, I don't know where else the umpires wanted Walsh to go. Like, granted, you have, you know, you have the little runway on the right, but it wasn't like he was on the grass or anywhere near the grass, but yet they still call him out. So now, what would have been Fletcher scoring from third on that play now has to go back because Walsh is out, and that would ultimately um, hurt the Angels in a lot of different ways. But, you know, this this game was obviously, like I said, a, a game that went back and forth, back and forth. Uh, you had some great plays. You had, you know, the offense kind of come, come, come alive a little bit. You have Fletcher with three hits, Otani with two hits. Uh, you know, as I look through the box score, everybody in the starting lineup had a hit this game. So again, but the only to score four runs, it kind of means they're not putting it back to back to back. And you kind of wish that would happen to get more guys, um, with runners in scoring position and not so many guys left on base. They went five for 18 with runners in scoring position, which isn't bad. Um, uh, but nine left on base is not great. So, um, we kind of, kind of go forward now to the, to the later in the game, the angels are up. Uh, they end up going to extra innings, tied 2-2. Again, another pitching duel, which was a great outing by not only Granke, but also Andrew Heaney. Angels scored two in the 10th really quickly. And if, again, if you are not familiar with the extra inning rules, now when you start the 10th inning, there's the last out gets to be on second base when the extra innings start. And that's exactly what happened here is the extra innings um, happen and and – People are uh, Anthony Ben Boom started on second base, you know, and then Fletcher ends up scoring Ben Boom. And it's kind of nice to see it going. You kind of feel like you know, the momentum was going. Um, Albert lines in and line, uh, lines in, lines hits a line drive and gets Fletcher in to score as well. And so you kind of feel kind of good about yourself. And even though, even though the umpires weren't great and that's putting it mildly this series you still feel like you should walk away with this victory You're up two runs in the 10th um you have your closure coming in and that's exactly what happened uh Rosiel iglesias comes in and again kyle tucker starts on second base because of the extra inning rules so you get one out right away bam easy and and what we're talking about was too is that the guy on second base doesn't mean a whole lot because of the fact that you're up two. you can, you know, for the most part pitch like he's not on base. The biggest thing that you have to prevent is a home run. Well, um, there was a double down the line by Jason Castro. And I'm sure all you guys seen it by now is that um, down the right field line. It, you know, when you look at it, and live, this is what I kind of was talking about earlier. The umpire is looking right down that line. Whether it's fair or foul, he should know right away. He shouldn't, it shouldn't be that close. Like you look at the replay, the replay they had because the, the camera view was so down the line by home plate, it's hard to distinguish whether or not it hit chalk or if it was dirt that flew up or for or whatever. But the umpire needs to get that right. And from everyone that I've heard is that it's foul. It's foul. Everyone thought it was foul unless you're living in Houston. But it just seems like the umpires are not – I mean, I don't know what's going on with them because it's not just – again, it's not just the Angel games that are, the umpires are really involved in. It's a lot of series this, this season so far that the umpires are really involved in. 
And I just don't know what can change or, or what. But anyways, that ball gets down the line. He doubles. Um, again, you 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 look at it and you hope that it's a foul ball. It should have been a foul ball. This could change the whole, you know, complex of this last inning because now he gets on ground rule double. Now you have second and third, um, one out and only a one score game. So now obviously calls Korea comes up sack fly ties the game four to four. And now you're kind of hoping just to get out of the inning and have an opportunity to come back up again in the, in the 11th. But unfortunately, um, uh, next batter comes up, uh, hits a line drive to center field. Castro scores games over again. That's a four to five win for the Houston Astros. This was a game. I think they could have really easily won. And I think they probably should have won. And granted, the, the umpires did not help at all. But when you have a two-run lead in the 10th, you need to shut that down. It shouldn't be something like depending on to get a fair or foul call right. It needs to be a don't even give them the opportunity to do that. Don't put the ball in play. Don't let a ball get hit hard. You know, strike out, soft contact. That's what you need in that situation, especially with a guy on second already. Um, I, I honestly feel like the angels kind of let that one slip away. And once that foul ball, quote unquote, foul ball was called fair and it was a ground rule double. I think they kind of just, you know, it's hard to get back up and ramped up again when you kind of feel like the umpires are against you and not saying that they thought that, but it just, you, I wouldn't be surprised if that's what happened, you know? So unfortunately that is how that game ended again, a, a waste of a perfectly good outing by, um, Andrew Heaney, and like I said before, six and a third, two hits, one run, 10 strikeouts, no walks. Um, Sligers came in, uh, had a blown save. He gave a couple, he gave a run. Myers came in for an inning and a third. He had a good outing, um, kind of bounce. He's been bouncing back since that one outing in Anaheim against Texas last week. So that's good to see. Iglesias, again, he is so hit or miss for me right now. He is a guy that, Kind of like this team, to tell you the truth. When he is on and he is throwing with confidence and throwing his stuff, he looks great. He is on point. He looks unhittable. He looks like, oh, my God, we'd never had a closure like this before in our in our life. <laughs> and then when he's off, he, he's off. He is, you know, he's leaving stuff over the middle. And because he throws so hard, you know, all you got to do is kind of make some kind of a contact and that ball is going to go. So, for me, Iglesias is just, you know, almost like this team. When he's on, he looks great. And when he's off, he struggles. And you're kind of have to hold on for a wild ride, to tell you the truth. So we'll see how what happens. Uh, we'll see how this rest of the season kind of pans out. But, you know, obviously losing this game like this against a good pitcher, Granky, where you're hoping to get a win from a guy like that or against a guy like that would help a lot. But unfortunately, that's not what happened. And on Saturday, it didn't get much better. Um, Griffin Canning took the mound. And kind of like, as we all know, Griffin Canning kind of has his issues. It seems like he's always in trouble early. But if he can get through that trouble early, he seems to settle down and be okay. And that that kind of was the issue in this one. Because in the first inning, you know, he ends up giving up three runs. But then he goes in that second inning and does nothing. I think it's a one, two, three inning. Perfect. And you're kind of thinking to yourself, okay, cool. He settled down. Three runs isn't a lot, even though with the lack of offensive firepower in this in this lineup right now, three runs isn't a lot. But then he goes out and gives up three more um, runs in in the third inning. He and then after that point, he's he's yanked. He goes two and a third, uh, six hits, six runs, two walks, three strikeouts on two home runs, um, and again. Uh, Junior Gara comes in, a guy that was started the season really well, pitching really well, came in and, again, kind of struggled the last two outings. He goes an inning, giving up uh, three hits, four uh, three earned runs, four runs total, two strikeouts. But, again, that big four run, uh, adding four runs to the deficit in one inning is never going to help. And then at that point, um, you just kind of hope, that guys get out of this game healthy because at, at that point it's just it's becomes one of those games where you kind of knew a position player was going to pitch at some point you're just kind of wondering which one it was 
Um, and that ended up being Anthony Benboom in the ninth. And with that, um, also had a whole bunch of different uh, whole bunch of different uh, moves in the outfield in the defensive uh, positioning. You had Rojas coming for Fletcher at, at second, which understandable. Before Ben Boom pitched, he was actually out in left field for Justin Upton. So he comes in to pitch, but because you don't have anyone else to go in the outfield, you see Shohei Otani play outfield for the first time in his major league career. I personally wouldn't take too much into it. I don't think it's a huge thing that Otani's playing left field in this one time. It's kind of like I wouldn't take a huge inventory and Anthony Ben Boom uh, pitching. Uh, I think it's one of those things where you're just trying to get guys out there just to get out of this game, and that's exactly what happened. Um, but, yeah, it was really interesting to see him out there. People were kind of freaking out, like, oh, my God, it's happening. He's out in left field, this and that. But uh, Anthony Benboom, again, catcher Anthony Benboom, went an inning, gave up uh, two runs on three hits and uh, a home run. But, again, you know, with the, the game well out of hand, again, 16-2 to two was the final score on Saturday. This one probably – you know, I don't know. If, a lot of people have different opinions about do close games hurt more or these blowout game hurt uh, hurt more because you have a close game that was very winnable on Friday, and then you come in Saturday. I'm guessing not feeling the best. You know, you feel like you got one, you had one get away, and then you end up losing 16 to two. Um, I still think to the the close one, the tw- on the 23rd on Friday, that was a game where you sh- they should have. One, and I just think morale wasn't there for on the 24th. But something we've talked about a lot this season, and I've noticed everyone that's contacted us, like either through the podcast or social media or anything like that, has said, um, you know, this team morale is different. This team morale is um, better than years past kind of deal. So, you know, one game like this, I think is completely understandable. Another, you know, you just kind of hope it doesn't turn into – a series long kind of deal. And granted it was on Saturday. So the series was almost over anyways, but it could have been really easy for the angels to kind of fold and get swept by the Astros and then kind of move on to the, the um, Texas Rangers for the beginning of next the beginning of this week. But that's not what happened. Uh, we have Dylan Bundy, obviously on the mound, the angels, number one pitcher. And, and, you know, Madden said after this game, you know, he's an ace and I love, Madden's ability to have his players back. Um, he's always had that. He's always had the players back, his guys back. But I don't know if Bundy is an ace or your definition of an ace yet. Um, great outing today. Uh, a bounce back from a not so great outing uh, last time out, which is you, which you're hoping to see for a guy like Bundy to come back, kind of with a chip on his shoulder. Didn't do great last time out in Anaheim against Texas, but comes back now and and really, really puts it on uh, the Astros. He went six innings, gave up three hits, two runs, two earned runs, one walk, six strikeouts, and those two runs were off a home run in the sixth inning um, or in the seventh inning, sorry, because he did start the seventh inning, if I remember correctly. Um, but, you know, a great outing by uh, by Dylan Bundy, you know, you can't help but to be encouraged when he's out on the mound and, and feel like you have a shot to win that game because of what he's done this last, you know, last season and, and so far this season, uh, 20 games into this year. But, um, you know, it was tied 2-2 all the way into the eighth when, you know, Shohei Otani comes up, nails a home run, um, and just, you know, continues his run of offensive dominance, if you will. Shohei has seven home runs right now. And as we stand, as we record this Sunday night, he is tied with the major league lead um, for home runs. And he just his, he has been the offense, it seems like to me, this season. Obviously, Trout missing this whole series. Rendon missing now two series. Um, Upton's been a great addition. Pool holes has kind of turned the clock back a little bit, hit a home run on Saturday, um, has hit, been hitting home runs fairly recently, or at least more recently than I expected, or rapidly, I should say, than I expected. He hit a home run Saturday. Albert did. He's at 666. Um, so he's climbing up that that all-time home run leaderboard. But 
Otani's just been a breath of fresh air, if you will. Last year, a lot of people were worried about his health and worried about him not being able to do it and if it's too much for him and this and that. And it seems like for this year, at least at the plate, it definitely hasn't been too much. He has been producing on all his all different levels and, and has just absolutely been killing the ball, you know, and been able to pitch. And the thing, too, about it is, granted, yeah, he missed, you know, probably a couple rotation or times through the rotation because of the blister issue. But even when he is on or even when he is, uh, you know, at the plate not pitching, he's still putting up numbers that you would love to see any offensive player put. We're talking about seven right now, seven home runs, 16 RBIs, three stolen bases. His average is about 268. So, you know, on base plus slugging is a 983. He's absolutely killing the ball. And I think that's that has been a big part of the offensive success for the Angels and just Otani being Otani and letting him kind of relax. And if you see him, Darren Sutton had a good point about this today's game. If you watch Sunday's game, he seems to be outwardly emotional. Like you can read him how he's feeling by his body language. And he seems like he's getting more comfortable like that. Like, I don't know if maybe like the first couple of years or, or whatever, he felt like he had to fit a certain type of major league player, you know, uh, old school way. Don't show emotion. Don't show up the pictures or don't do this. Don't do that. And now it seems like he's not so much worried about that anymore. Like he seems like he's out there having fun. He seems like he's out there enjoying himself. Um, he hit a home run on, on Saturday as well. And again, he's just, he's running around the bases like a madman because he's not sure if it's a home run, but when he gets back to the, dugout after the home run you know you can tell the guys are kind of ribbing him and having him good having a good time as far as like oh you know why are you running so fast stuff like that and he just honestly seems like he's having a good time he's having fun so Otani has been absolutely carrying this team of late and it's great to see and hopefully now um you can start seeing guys get back into the lineup and making that lineup even more dangerous because I truly believe when you have Rendon when you have Trout when you have Otani when Upton is good and what you know Walsh is good that's that is a, a deep deep lineup and probably one of the deepest lineups in baseball right now your outdoor experience could be better clearly better Canon sunglasses are made exclusively with polarized lenses for optimal clarity using Japan optics Canon lenses are clearer lighter and stronger than other lenses and are nearly impossible to scratch with frames handcrafted in Italy Canon sunglasses elevate your experience outside with a degree of clarity beyond your wildest imagination. Use the exclusive code KNUN15 at KNUN.com to receive 15% off your first pair. That's K-A-E-N-O-N-C-A-S-T-1-5. KNUN, clearly better. It's that time of the year again, and all eyes are now going to be on pro basketball and the start of the Major League Baseball season. BetOnline.ag has your betting action covered. In the NBA, the conference races are heating up as the teams prepare to make their push for the playoffs. And if baseball is your first love, like it is mine, BetOnline has you covered. If you love hockey, golf, MMA, and championship boxing, guess what? BetOnline has it all. Every sport, every game, every matchup. BetOnline has you covered for all the odds and real-time updates, and this is the place for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to place and check in on all your favorite sports bets all the time. Head to the website or use your mobile device and bring home the game with BetOnline. They need to get guys back. I think that's a lot of what has happened this last series is that they didn't have their guys. Like, Let's be honest. Trout might change it up. Rendon definitely changed it up. You know, having those two guys in for three of those games, four of those games, a lot of things can change. And I, I truly believe that this is not necessarily anything really to be worried about right now. I think there's a lot that can happen right now. Again, we're only 20 games into the season. If this was last year, if this was a 60-game season, or if this was a 60-game season, that would be a whole different story because you are almost halfway done with the year. And that's crazy to think. 20 games into last year, we were almost halfway. And now, I mean, I'm not great with percentages, but I feel like we're only like 10, 15% of the way in, and we have a whole lot more to play. But getting back to today's game on Sunday, like I mentioned, Bundy goes six innings, two runs, 
Um, six strikeouts, one walk. Chris Rodriguez comes in in the seventh to relieve him, gets out of a little bit of a jam. Um, one walk, two strikeouts. Again, two more strikeouts for the Tyler Skaggs Foundation, which is great. And then Myers comes in, shuts the door down, and then Iglesias comes in again. Iglesias comes in, kind of like I mentioned before, on the Friday game. When he's on, he's on. When he's off, hold on. It can be a roller coaster. And I, and this time, it was more of him being on. He gives up one hit, strikes out one, ends the game with a double play. Angels win 4-2 to, to, you know, salvage at least one out of Houston and avoid the, avoid the sweep. And with them winning today, they are back at 500, which – I don't know about you guys, but I kind of feel like if you were to tell me 20 games into the year, Angels are at 500, I, I would have took it just because um, the Angels have notoriously been slow starters. Um, 2020, 2019, at this point last year, they were like, I believe, three games under 500 and something like five or six games under 500 at those last two years. So, again, you tell me we're at 20 games in and we're at 50 uh, 500 I'll take that um they're at 500 Seattle's up by two games on the Angels and then obviously Oakland just losing today uh feels like the first time in a long time uh are up on uh, the American League West but only by the Angels by three games and for them to go on that huge streak and only be up three games on the Angels at this point is nothing to worry about obviously um, you hope that the A's don't go on that huge streak again, but they are playing like a Tampa Bay team next. So you'll see how that goes. Um, Seattle's playing Houston next. It seems like Houston's kind of con- feeling the flow a little bit more. It seems like they're being Houston again, a team that I think a lot of people thought they were going to be competitive in this, uh, division. And just because of that kind of COVID thing that hit their team for a little bit and they lost, you know, five starters and, and it showed any team loses five starters, they're going to struggle. And that's exactly what happened with the Astros. And just, they got those guys back at the worst time for angels and angel fans right before the series. And you can see what they're, what they're capable of uh, when they are healthy. So another series coming up, angels are in Texas tomorrow. Um, obviously you would hope that they, they're able to get a little better of an outcome against Texas than they were earlier. Um, but they will be, they will be pitching Otani on, uh, Monday against Jordan Lyles. Um, hopefully, you know, reports are that Otani wants to bat also, but Madden hasn't committed to that hundred percent yet. So it's kind of a wait and see if he bats and pitches on Monday, Monday, um, you know, hopefully Otani is able to get more than four innings. That's the key to it. If he's going to pitch and bat in the same game, you need to get more innings out of Watani than just four because once he's out, you burn that DH spot, and now that pitching spot is just a pitch hit kind of double switch. And like I mentioned before, there's not a lot of room on that on that roster to get depth in there, a guy coming off the bench that's going to scare you necessarily. So Hopefully he's able to go deeper in, into the games. And so that means he can also hit as he pitches. But another thing about this Texas series, a lot of reports are coming out and even trout was said it himself. He expects to be in the lineup Monday and that'd be a huge lift. Now Stasi and Rendon are also planning to be back this series. I don't know if it's going to be Monday or Tuesday. I personally thought it was going to be either Sunday today or Monday that Rendon gets activated. So I'm hopefully it's Monday. And if you get Rendon, Trout, Ligaris, um, you know, you can put Ligaris in, even though Scheffler has, Scheffler has done a really good job. I have to say that during this series, um, stepping in for Trout, he has done a really good job. I think, um, I think the angels have good defensive depth in the outfield, you know, Lagaris, Scheffler, those guys can play really good defensive baseball. So if you have to put like a Jared Walsh out in right, you can use someone for like a defensive replacement, put Walsh on first. And I think truthfully, that's when this lineup is probably the best is when Scheffler or Lagaris is out in right. You put Walsh down at first and then, you know, Albert, 
kind of picks and chooses his spots. Like I don't necessarily think Albert can play full full time. I don't think it helps, even though he is hitting the ball hard. He is hitting a couple home runs, but I think as a whole, I, I think that benefits the team more so. But we'll see when Stasi gets gets activated. I think that's going to be a huge bump for the Angels also. But hopefully, it starts with the um, with the Monday game against Texas again. Otani on the mound on Monday, three game series. So obviously you're going to see a game on Tuesday. All these games are a five o'clock start. All the games are on five o'clock start. So um, for Angel fans, myself included, it's a lot of fun just to kind of get home from work, you know, pretty much right when I get home from work, turn it on and it's on and, you know, you're not up until 11 o'clock watching a game. But um, Tuesday, Jose Quintana versus uh, Mike Folkenevich. Quintana had a really good outing last time, had a better outing, I think. Same thing with Andrew. He moved where his placement was on the rubber, um, and I think that helped him. Now let's see if he can put, like, two good outings back-to-back. Um, Quintana, is again, I think has some of the worst luck so far if you're talking about individual um, players on the Angels. He's had really bad luck just in that Toronto game, then getting pushed back, not being able to pitch in the in, in the Minnesota series because of the whole COVID thing. But he did come out last time, pitched really well. Fulton Evich, hopefully we get to him a little bit better than we did last time. I know we hit him around, but it just didn't seem like we got enough to put the game away. So that's Tuesday. Wednesday, the series finale. Again, 5 o'clock game. Angels have an off day on Thursday. So this game is also at 5 o'clock. It's not going to be your typical getaway day, 1 o'clock, 12 o'clock, or whatever. It, you know They're going to play at 5 o'clock this today or on Wednesday, Alex Cobb looks to bounce back after his start against Houston, that which wasn't great. And we kind of talked about that a little bit in the beginning of the podcast that, you know, he was starting to look really, really good as, you know, the season started and had this minor speed bump. And hopefully he can, he can be kind of like what Bundy was when Bundy had his speed bump and come back the next outing and kind of have a chip on the shoulder and kind of see that, um, he knows he can do better and hopefully he's able to do better because um, at the end of the day, uh, you know, Alex Cobb, Bundy and Heaney are going to be three guys that, you know, have to carry the pitching load for this team. I'm not sure about Quintana yet. Still kind of uh, iffy on him. Canning for a guy that's so young, has so much potential. I'm just worried about the, the psyche part of it. Um, is he too much in his head? Is he too much, too emotional on the mound? Is he, um, not able to kind of brush off, you know, if a guy hits a double, is he able to brush it off and just kind of, okay, focus on the next guy? Or is he thinking about the word I messed up or stuff like that? So canning is kind of worrisome a little bit right now. Otani, um, you just have to worry about him being healthy. He has it. He has to be healthy. So every outing that he's able to, to pitch and get out of healthy, I think is a plus, but Alex Cobb, um, Dylan Bundy, Andrew Haney, I think those three guys are, will take this team as far as they go. You know, you're not looking for the Grom stuff where he's going to complete game 15 strikeouts and no runs. But if you can get six six innings, two runs, you know, eight strikeouts, something like that, that that would really, really help. And hopefully Cobb can bounce back from that start. Um, Dane Dunning is the pitcher for Texas that day. And again, this is the last um outing uh in texas before they go um to up to seattle actually next weekend um but they are off thursday and because of the late start on wednesday the 505 start on wednesday look and an off day the next day there's a very good chance we will do our next podcast thursday the 29th where we can have all the games talk about all the games for uh the texas rangers obviously look ahead to seattle three game three-game series with Seattle up in Seattle, which, you know, you you do what you need to do against Texas right now. You have that three-game series in Seattle. Again, if you take care of business there, now you're really looking at jumping over Seattle and back into second place. So for all the struggles that they've had, for all the, you know, ups and downs and pitching woes, and yeah, I, I agree with a lot of people, those need to be fixed um, pretty quickly, and especially the bullpen seems to be kind of very up and down, which was kind of seemed like a, a a strength earlier in the year. Now is kind of being worrisome. Do you worry about? Do you think it's a, a 
a a quick hiccup in the bullpen guys if or if it's a uh you know or if it's a long-term deal with what's going on with the bullpen right now i i'm not sure but you know i think obviously in the next week or so it'll start playing itself out felix Pena still has not been activated too and that's another thing that i am just waiting for is that felix Pena, you know last weekend a week ago was thought to be was thought to be coming back then and he still hasn't been brought um, up to the major leagues and he has not been he's not on the taxi squad so that makes me think he even if he is ready and there is some kind of an injury it seems like the rules for this season is that you can only bring up guys that are on the taxi squad because last time the angels were on the road they use every single person and he's not on that squad on this trip. So you would think you were going to have to wait for the next homestand possibly to see him. And like, like I mentioned, they have, they're going against Texas. They're going against Seattle. And then they're not going to be home again until the third of May against Tampa Bay. Maybe you see him then maybe you don't, but it definitely seems like you're going to have, we're going to have to wait another week before we even have an opportunity to see Felix Pena. And you would think Felix Pena would be another step in, um, uh, making that bullpen uh, solidify, you know, and, and, and be better because, you know, I, we mentioned it a lot of times before Joe Madden really, really liked him. Joe Madden really um, used him quite a bit last year in a lot of different situations. Um, so you would think he would use him the same way this year, but we'll have to wait and see because like I mentioned, I think he'll be a, a huge part of this bullpen and, really locking it down uh, for the Angels. So we'll have to wait and see. Um, not too sure about any other kind of roster moves. Again, you're, you're kind of hoping to see uh, Rendon and Stasi and Longaris be activated in this upcoming series against Texas. And also, um, not really activated. I mean, he's active, but have Mike Trout back in the lineup for the Angels this season or this series because it's been a huge, um, uh, you know, you can tell the difference. You can tell the difference in the lineup. You can tell the difference when he's out. And to beat some of these teams, you're going to have to be close at full strength. So we'll have to wait and see for that one. But I wouldn't panic just yet. Again, we're only 20 games in, 10 and 10 not healthy once we get the guys back and they're now they are, are pretty close to full strength let's see how this team plays out if this team plays out and continues to win ball games continue to win series then like i mentioned there's nothing to worry about if the struggles still continue with having a full squad then yeah you might have to panic a little bit or might have to rethink about what this team is going to do moving forward for the season but you know Rendon comes back, Trout comes back. These you get these pitchers some kind of lead, you know, whether it be three, four run lead, they tend to pitch a little different. They tend to pitch a little more relaxed. And I think that will help these starters and these guys out of the bullpen is when you're able to give them a little bit of a cushion and you're not there's not such a high stress every single time. And obviously there's going to be a stress every once in a while. But if you can get a game in where it's not high stress, and I think you know, I think about to the Minnesota game in Anaheim a week or so ago. It just seemed like once they're able to put more runs on the board, the pitching just kind of flowed and made it a lot easier because they're not so stressed. And I think if the Angels can get up early and and keep the lead, that helps out too with with your starters. You know, maybe there's a little more leash with them, so they're not getting taken out. At the fifth inning, sixth inning, because it's a one-run game, maybe the Madden lets him go to the seventh inning because it's a four or five-run game, and now you're not putting a lot of pressure on that bullpen. So we'll see how it goes. Again, not the best weekend in Houston, but I wouldn't panic just yet. Houston is a good team; they got all their guys back. At the same time, the Angels were losing guys, so um, it's definitely not a one-for-one kind of deal. It's like you know, Houston probably should have won some of those games because of just the guys they had on the field. And uh, the Angels lost a couple guys on the field when Trout went down, more than a couple. So I'm not too worried. Let's see what happens in Texas. Let's see what happens when 
they get guys back and hopefully Trout um, is able to get back, you know, tomorrow. And hopefully that means Rendon gets activated and Stasi gets activated. And, and you're trying to see more and more of that opening day lineup that is very, very dangerous because we've seen it. The fans have seen it. Everyone's seen it. This lineup, when healthy, is dangerous. And I think that's what they need to get back to is p- pitchers knowing that if they give up a run, that's fine. My offense can pick it up. Right now, it's like pitchers are pitching like, if I give up a run, this might be it because we don't have a lot of offensive firepower. But once these guys get back in the lineup, good things will happen. I have a feeling. So hopefully it keeps on going. Hopefully the umpires get better. Hopefully there's some kind of a um, email or memo that's going around right now with the umpires and saying, get your shit together. Because honestly, uh, they have been really, really bad. Uh, we'll see how that plays out for the rest of the year. But, you know, that's for everybody. That's not just for the Angels. So we'll see how that goes. Um, before we go, quick update on our Skyler, Tyler Skaggs Foundation um strikeout count right now we have chris and again chris and andrew heaney uh looking for feelings pain to get back on the mound so we, he can add to this but as of right now at the end of today um andrew heaney behind his 10 strikeout uh appearance this weekend he has 29 strikeouts this season so far and chris rodriguez has 16 strikeouts this uh so far for a total of 45 dollars. so we're 20 games in $45 already raised for the Tyler Skaggs Foundation. So obviously it's only going to go from here. This is going to be a lot of fun to watch. Um, and congratulations, Chris Rodriguez, for your first major league win. He did end up getting the win today when he came in to relieve Bundy. Um, so that's great for him. Good for him. Hopefully more of those that come in his career. But uh, yeah, uh, shout out to Chris. Shout out to Andrew. Keep putting in the good work. And uh we'll keep on counting these strikeouts. And that kind of reminds me too. mother's day. Um, two weeks from today, we'll be putting out a special podcast and YouTube video. So it's only going to be on YouTube. It's not going to be on our, um, Twitter or, um, Facebook. It's going to be just on our, uh, podcast and YouTube, an interview with Debbie Skaggs, um, as a mother day mother's day special last year i did one with uh sonia marsh this year i'm doing one with debbie skaggs it'll be out sunday morning for mother's day um you know obviously we'll probably still put out a separate podcast that day for what happened during the dodger series a big series so uh we'll probably put two out that day but there'll be a mother's day special with debbie skaggs and there will be a regular podcast on mother's day uh, but really looking forward to doing that um it's already done. Going to edit it up, make it nice, um, and put it out there for Mother's Day. But you're you're definitely not going to want to miss that. Um, if you knew how the kind of person Tyler was, if you knew how he was with us on the on the podcast and uh, the story behind it, the foundation, and everything like that, you're definitely going to want to tune in for that. And that again is coming out Sunday, Mother's Day. Um, in the morning interview that I had with Debbie Skaggs talking about Tyler, how it was to raise a future major league baseball player, how it was when he's in the major leagues. And then ultimately how it was, how it is um, with the foundation and all the good stuff they're planning to do this uh, summer with baseball programs out in that area, um, out in the Santa Monica LA area. So um, that's going to wrap it up for this edition of the all angels podcast. Again, we'll be back Thursday for, uh, the talk about the Houston series or not Houston, the Texas series and look ahead to Seattle. Uh, I think a very pivotal series pretty early in the season to, you know, to see if, if Seattle's legit, we'll find out. Um, so if you have any questions, email us at all angels podcast at gmail.com. Again, that's all angels podcast at gmail.com. Make sure you follow us on our social media feeds. That's halo underscore Haven on Twitter and on Instagram there. You'll find the updates the the uh, updates of when the podcast will happen next and all that great stuff. So uh, without any further ado, one more time, happy birthday, Johnny Mags. We miss you. Happy 40th. Um, wishing you were here celebrating with us, but we know you're somewhere better. Uh, I am Dan Garcia, and that's been another edition of the All Angels Podcast. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. 
like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notify, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need indeed. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Searching for NBA playoff coverage? We've got you. The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, gives you an inside look into the world of sports. Hosted by former NBA sharpshooter and Duke legend J.J. Redick and sports writer Tommy Alter, The Old Man and the Three offers unprecedented access to the league. Tommy and JJ discuss the NBA and interview some of the biggest names in the league, like Devin Booker and Luka Doncic. NBA final season is the perfect time to dive in, and you can listen to The Old Man and the Three wherever you get your podcasts. To hear episodes brought to you by BMW. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard. BMW, the ultimate driving machine. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.